Welcome to the Along Come Norwich podcast, a sassy sideways side-eye style saunter down the new season street. I'm Tom and I'm joined for episode 80 as ever by Jonty Puntalicious Punt Punt and two of the best, Hannah and Edie. Let's get going. First things first. Ooh, what a window. Let's cast our eyes over the business done so far, starting with one of this week's new boys, Josh Sargent. Let's go straight in with how many goals he's going to have scored for Norwich by the end of this season. Edie, give me a number. I'm feeling like I'm going to say 12. (laughs) I'll take that straight away. He's got the look. Uh, what, uh, screech of Saved by the Bell. That that look. What? No, no. Like just that kind of unblinking look. I I watched his uh, induction interview, and uh, I always look out for the blinking because I am a strong believer in the link between blinking and goal scoring. Right. Uh, okay. Because, uh, our, our friend Tamu has, I think, blinked three times since he moved here. Well, he's he's a he's a tongue out shooter, isn't he? When the little tongue comes out, you know he's really concentrating. That's that's finished blinking. <laughs> Love it. Okay, uh, what about you, Hannah? Give me give me a number. Hi, well, we've got a benchmark now. Are you just going higher or lower than twelve? Um. Oh, that's e- that's easy. I'm. I mean, lower, but not drastically. Maybe like an eight. Nice round eight. Um. Put, hmm, I'd say maybe not all in in the Premier League. Put it that way. A double hat trick in some in some cup, <laughs> cup rounds. Um, I'm yeah, saying he I, might get a few in cups. Yes, because okay. I mean I've got to stick with. I just think TB is going to be the main man still, um, and I don't know how much game time he's going to get really. But I guess we'll we'll find out. I've just got no idea. You'll you'll see. This is a recurring theme. I just have absolutely no clue how the season's going to pan out. So I'm going to be really helpful uh, on this. Super. Um, so Puntalicious, which is what I'm going to roll with for for this season. Um, what uh, what do you what say you? Twelve goals, uh, eight goals, most of which in the cup. What do you reckon for Joshy? I'm fully on board with Josh Sargent, and it's probably Ooh. I don't know you in our WhatsApp group. You seem quite unimpressed with his signing, but I've just got a really good feeling about him, and it's based on absolutely nothing. But I don't not know, even I, his blinking. Not yeah, yeah, even not his even science his blinking. of blinking. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's based on, on absolutely nothing short of um, just having a, a really good hunch about this guy, which hasn't particularly gone well when I've had hunches about players before. But at the same time, yeah, I think maybe 10, I'll go straight in the middle of the um, of Edie and Hannah. I think 10 would be a decent return for a, a player. I mean, look, we look at this player. He's 21 years old. He's got 70-odd appearances already in top flight German football. All right, he hasn't scored a bag full of goals, but he's been played in a relatively, from what I understand, defensive side in Werder Bremen, who've been relegated. So, you know, it's not like he's, there's going to be a plethora of chances for for him to put away. I was reading an article about him the other day and it said, as much as I don't particularly like the metric, um, that he's performed pretty much around par on his XG. So it's not actually that he's a poor finisher, but maybe he hasn't had as many shots as um as other strikers and you can you know you can draw conclusions from that um but at the same time now I think he's he's going to do well and I think he's exactly what we need in so much as Puki isn't just goals and actually our t- both our title winning cam- title winning campaigns were kind of based on a lot of hard work that he did up front and anyone that you listen to who's actually seen this lad play just, you know, absolutely gushes about how hard this guy works. And very often that's, you know, kind of that's slang for 
he's a bit crap, but he'll run a lot. But I don't get that impression with this lad. I think I think he's going to be good. Okay, well, blinking and hunches aside, I'm hoping that he will contribute. Um, my my confusion with the signing is is really around the money. It's a lot of money to spend. We still got very very important positions to fill, um, which I would you know. I would almost say I need to withhold um, my review of of the sergeant transfer until we see how much money we spend on CDM and centre back, because to me that they are, uh, you know, we, we've we've strengthened an attacking midfield, brilliant, um, you know, assuming Solis come, comes in as, as expected, um, you know, we, we do seem to have spent big and and got some exciting, you know, wide and attacking talent to to back up Timu. Yes, I would have. I wanted us to go striker as well. However, um, he, if he's not going to get much game time, that is uh, a huge amount of money to spend for someone who's not going to get much game time. And if he, if he, um, if he is going to get a lot of game time, it's a lot of money to spend for someone who doesn't score many goals. So that that that's why I feel it's just a bit confusing. But I mean, I'm a hundred percent behind the lad, and I love the. I kind of see what you mean, Edie. Not necessarily the blinking side of things. I'm not. A, I'm, I haven't. I haven't got a, a PhD on that like you. But I, I. He does seem to have just in the in the 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 kind of the signing videos and pictures. He just seems absolutely joyful. To, to, he seems genuinely made up that he's that he's made the move. Is is that kind of what you're picking up? Absolutely, for sure. Um, so he kind of. I really liked his deliberate understatement. He didn't like absolutely give it all the guns blazing. I mean, God bless him. He, I think he called it the Premier League. And I think he also referred to Norwich. Um, and he was really trying. And I just sort of, in terms of, you know, that kind of signing tradition of you have to suddenly feign interest in the, the town that or the city that you've signed for. In terms of, um, from, let's say from Basong to 10, I think he he was on about like an eight point five. Yeah. Um. He looked like he was really kind of approaching this on a really kind of sort of measured level, but also that he knows how important this is for his career. So I don't know. I just sort of I think also I what I think is quite useful is that he's kind of. If if this was a, like a cat, you know, when you go and you go to the cat sanctuary and they say, oh, we'd rather you rehome those two as a pair. Uh, so <laughs> I think the, the fact that he's actually coming there with Rashika, I think that's going to like, that's going to be such a big deal. It might help them settle. settling in. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I saw I saw some unkind comparisons to Van Wolfswinkle with regards to spending a lot of money on someone who has scored some goals in in another country. Um, obviously, Van Wolfswinkle hit the ground running with a fantastic header in his first Premier League game. Um, I, look, I, I I just I, I explained my my reasons for being cautious. Do you, cautious. Do you, do you follow that logic, Hannah, or do you, do you think that I'm I'm being too cup half full on him? I mean, I would always say you've got to kind of approach it with an open mind and and give them the benefit of the doubt and give them time um so no snap judgments don't assume he's going to be terrible you know just because he doesn't have maybe the most impressive scoring record at his previous club I mean we all know someone else who didn't have necessarily the greatest record at at some of his clubs um Mm -hmm. in Timu so you know I just think yeah I'm willing I'm willing to to give him time see how it pans out I'm I, I I 
can understand people being cautious because I agree it is quite a lot of money for uh you know in a position where I'm not sure I think at the beginning of the window it wasn't really being touted as a position that that the club were going to invest particularly in um so it's interesting to see kind of how that has changed when I think I would agree that that probably centre-back and defensive midfield are are more important or more key um, yeah, and, so and I think that's, that, that was that's understandable. Point. Being a bit cautious about it, but that doesn't mean you know you're, you're writing him off. No, not at all. I mean, he he may well become the uh, the player of this window, and I, I know I I'm not a uh, I've not seen a lot of Werder Bremen. I, I, he could he could be exactly what we need from a work rate point of view. As as Punt Alicia says, he is um, absolutely spot on from from a profile. Totally get that. I'm completely behind him and hope he's a success. Really, for me, it's more about the whole element of. If we're spending that much money on someone who we think might be a backup, I just hope that we've we've still got eight to ten million, which I think we're probably going to need to spend in the centre defensive midfield position. Like you know, I, I I'll put it to you as a question, punt. At the start of the, the the window, if you could have chosen where did we spend the most money on one position, which of the position, you know, bearing in mind we're not expecting skip. To, to come back mm-hmm. which of the positions that we all know we needed would you have said I think that's where the most money needs to be spent um, I'd absolutely have said if it was caveated with Ollie Skip isn't coming back then central defensive midfield is the glaringly obvious area of, of the pitch that, that we needed to not even upgrade the options but actually you know kind of put people in there because we'd had you know Skip leave and Tetty leave and, and Vrancic um, went as well at the same time though I think the club are being really good and open about putting the narrative out there around why they're doing what they're doing. Um, apart from central defensive midfield, where there's there's no real noise, is there at the moment uh, around who we're signing? I think just to go back to to Sergeant for a moment, though. Look, we dropped nigh on five million on Jordan Hugill, who, let's face it, is going to be nowhere near the required standard for for the Premier League. I don't think, or the Premier League, as um, as Edie's just pointed out. That don't pick Sargent on him. Says. No, I, I liked it. I genuinely so liked it. I bet, I bet his it German would... is a lot better than yours, punt. <laughs> well, possibly. Um, anyway, I've lost my thread. Um, we spent so, a lot of money on Hugel, so actually spending a bit more on Sergeant. My, my on Sergeant, and actually shrewd. eight million. And I think that the point that I'm trying to make here is that, and actually, um, you can probably echo this with the the imminent signing of, of Christos Jolis. I think that's how we say it. Um, we're we're buying players, which there's zero risk with these lads because actually the resale value is is pretty much there straight away anyway. So we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna lose money on Josh Sargent. We're definitely not gonna lose money on the the new lad from Greece we're probably not going to lose money on Rashitsa as well you know we we've signed in an educated way so that actually we're preserving the financial future of the club as well and so i think if we'd have you know if we'd have put 8 million into i don't know for example maybe like a Dwight Gale or, or someone like that who's who's reaching the end of his career yeah we might have got a few more goals out of him but there'd have been no resale value and, and we're literally just dropping you know 8 to 10 million pounds on on a player that will get nothing back and that has to be part of the the long term strategy that, that the club are employing at the moment. It, it's great that we are, you know, finally in a position that we can we can sign and uh, these kinds of players and, and we can, sh- you know, kind of shop in a slightly different market. But at the same time, necessity means that that we're going to need to recoup, you know, some of that investment. Um, to get back to your question, though, Tom, yeah, of course, you know, we need a central defensive midfielder. I'm not so convinced 
that we need absolutely need a centre back. And I think the fact that the club are saying, look, I'm a Bamadeli, he's come back, he's looked in really good nick. We think he could be a, a serious frontline option, whereas probably prior to, to um, pre-season training commencing, they were maybe thinking that he might need a championship loan. So I'm less worried about that. I'm also, and we'll probably get onto it in a bit, I'm still fully confident in Zimbo. I don't think that actually he's as poor as people are making out. And I think if he gets a, a significant run in the side, and he might need to, you know, with, with Hanley kind of testing positive for COVID or self-isolating or whatever he's having to do, um, we're going to have to rely on these kinds of players. But actually, I think with with a little bit of momentum, he's fine as an option as well. So it very much is replace the Ollie Skip shaped hole. Yeah, and 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 again, just just you know, I, I really don't want to get on get on the lads back before he's even kicked a ball in training. But um, yeah, that, that that's that's the the key thing for me is it doesn't look like it's going to happen before um, the uh, the weekend. Um, you know, we we do have the rest of of the of this month. Uh, you know, Farker has been briefing. Uh, as hard as he can on the fact it's going to be a bumpy start and you know p- please dampen everyone's expectations of these first four games because you know may- maybe part of that is not just the difficult start it might also be the fact that he knows that we are two or three weeks away from actually getting all the business done that we need to um i think it was michael bailey who said that um as far as he's he's concerned there are there are three more they they want um separate to zolis um you know that they are trying to get uh a a uh the, the CDM one, the, the CB one, and the um, the ver, the one who can play a variety of fullback positions. Um, so I just I just want to. We've spent a lot of money going forward, which is great and it's exciting, and they are the right kind of transfers that you want to see. Young, hungry people who, as you say, partner delicious. We should be able to re resell at de- decent value at least two of the three of them, if you see what I mean. Um, if if we needed to. Um, to mo- moving on to the um. The, the kind of the positions let's think about league position instead obviously this is our uh first first uh part of the season let's kind of look to to get into kind of prediction mode um hannah what what do you think is the highest and lowest position you think we we, we could finish and give weber and farker the benefit of the doubt mostly weber that we do get a serviceable cdm and a serviceable center back so, so give give them that that we get them in before the end of the, the transfer window. What do you think our ceiling and our floor is this season? Oh man, I mean, as I said before, I just think this season and this league is massively up in the air. Not just for us, I think for for loads of teams. Um, and I think it's a really, really hard one to call. So, I I have no idea. I mean, if we get all those signings in, like you say, then I, you know. 10th 12th something like that why not um and I don't know is it lowest you know lowest realistic (laughs) or lowest I would be happy with what's the what's the parameter there Uh, well it's it's the lowest that you think is is could 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 be a realistic possible yeah (laughs) I mean I well that could be that could be a bottom of the league again I mean it's it's that kind of league it's it's massively competitive I think this year possibly more than it's been before because I think it's difficult to pick out three beyond the newly relegated teams which is what everyone always does I think it's really hard to to look at even pick out kind of two or three teams who you'd say are nailed on going to be struggling um because 
yeah, I, d- I don't know. I just, I'm, I really, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting season and there's lots of things I'm really kind of excited to see pan out. Um, but I think it just makes it so difficult to make any kind of predictions with any kind of confidence. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of a cop out. But no problem. You can you, you're allowed you're allowed <laughs> to cop out. That's fine. Um, Edie, are you copping out, or are you going to give me a little bit more steel in your predictions of highest and lowest possible positions? So, I think it's really really important not to regard this. Se- I don't regard this season as the final chapter in the book. Um, it, we've kind of flew I'm not saying that Norwich flew too high in the last premiere I'm doing it I'm saying premiere now <laughs> premiere in, premiere <laughs> the social ball league um so yeah um it's it's was a little bit expectations were very high we were absolutely we were giddy goats I think it's really important to think of perhaps just staying in there solidifying our position and then growing is probably a really lovely thing to do at this stage so I would be very very happy with lowest 14 and highest somewhere around the 12 level we'll just stick with just repeating the number 12 for the next hour (laughs) that is quite interesting that you you are so confident that you think that there's there's no chance so is is that rising up in the last two or three games to finish 14th is the worst we could do or or is that you think we are going to be pretty clear of trouble for most of the season I think that I mean we we always get the really gnarly games at the beginning and I think that actually all of the Farker briefing is a really really good idea because um I think we, we can't take things like that that fabled Man City win with us every time and go, this is going to happen. I think being prepared for that kind of thing and going, all right, we use this as an opportunity to like steal, sharpen steel. We use this as, as a kind of teaching moment, but we don't let this affect our, our thinking in the way forward because I think we had a very, very young team last time. So perhaps with a little bit more maturity with everyone, perhaps they can look upon these four steel sharp and steel games as kind of being a little bit more instrumental to their development as opposed to crushing great big losses. So I think once those are done with, if the mentality can stay the way it is, I I think better performances will come of it. And then I'm just hoping lower, lower 14. I mean, probably it will be 14. I like I like that. It would be I'd, nice I'd, if it was higher. Similar to uh, to the Josh predictions, I I, I take that straight away. I, I think with um, the the thing that I that I believe with with regards to those first four games, you mentioned about the mentality. Um, I think the the, the real coaching masterclass will be um, potentially, and again, not not to be too pessimistic because we we have beaten Man City in recent memory at Carroll Road, and anything could happen. Um, and we, you know we signed some exciting players. But it could it could be very realistically one point after the first four games or, or no points after the first four games. And 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 the masterstroke could be motivating that team to believe that yes, but now we've got everyone in the building, we've got the first, you know, international break under our, our belts and Farker loves an international break. Um and actually, you know, we, let's go again. The season starts now, there's still thirty-four games, which is sure to mean like he might need to do that kind of thing. Because let's have it right, even if we had all the players in, you can easily lose to those four teams if you have a good game. So so there, there would be no there would be no shame in losing those first four games. However, 
you know, let's let's have it right. It's going to be you've lost fourteen Premier League games in a row now, Farker. What what are you going to do about it? And um, so, come on, punt. What about uh, lowest and highest positions that you think are realistic? I'm I'm genuinely astounded that that ED has been so specific that we're going to be safely ensconced pretty much in lower to mid table, and I love it. Um, I just can't see it. I'm, I'm a bit more pragmatic. Um, I'm probably in the the Hannah camp that actually, look, the the Premier League, uh, however we're saying it nowadays, is is absolutely, you know, pretty much an eight team league at the top, and it's a scramble for the rest. And I just I can't see us. I couldn't couldn't really see us finishing any higher than than twelfth. But you know, it's feasible that we could finish in ninth with a with a fair wind. Equally, it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if if we finished twentieth, yeah, because we've been here before, and yeah, it is a bit more of a battle hardened side, and it's you know we've brought in um, people who are a bit more streetwise, but we're a small squad, you know, we get three or four injuries, and you know we've got previous for injuries as well, and that's really going to test us. So, yeah, it's a bit of a wishy washy answer, but at the same time, I just think the one thing that we know about football is that we pretty much know nothing. Um, so let's just there is enjoy one it. key factor though one key factor which I'd just like to reassure you about this season I've not put any money on it <laughs> okay well that's fine then thank you for, <laughs> that, for the that will help trust me I am okay. the kiss of death so <clears throat> with, with, I've not done it with, what with, do you usually wager on then just for us to stay up or for us to like hit winning. Champions League spots <laughs> <Winning>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And this is why I had a little word with myself, but just quit, quit it. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking that the results are going to be much better. Hang on. So we, if we win the league, then it was you all along. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Because I, I, I think I was, I was in for winning at least 200 pounds. <laughs> That's t- yeah. I, I, I think we, we need to try and keep it, keep it a little bit realistic. I mean, that, I think you're completely right that that bottom is 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 feasible, um, and it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, I, I haven't seen a preview yet that doesn't have us relegated, um, whether that be a social media one. Uh, and I'm, I've just started to look at Twitter again this week for the first time to sort of start to to see what what people are saying and and, and reading a few previews. And um, yeah, I, I haven't seen any any bottom threes yet that don't have have us in it. Um, I. I foolhardy as I am I I do think that that so many lessons were learned and I think that the capitulation stung the staff as much as it stung us and the difference maybe between uh, us as in Norwich and maybe other teams that have had an awful relegation is pound for pound it's the same team staff wise Right, it's, you know, it's the same people in charge of the transfers, you know, give or take Kieran Scott, um, and it's the same people in ter- terms of recruitment, sports science, and you know, Christoph and um, uh, and Daniel and 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 Edward, Edward and all, all that lot. They're all the same guys. So it's not like, like you said about this not being the last chapter. I think even more significantly than than that, it, we're only a few pages on from the chapter where that pain happened. Um, and it was it was so it was so painful uh, that I, I just think the soul searching started so early because it was so clear so obviously that we were going down 
that 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 we will we will have learned and and there does seem to be such logic behind each each signing although some of the fees you know maybe we are just much more comfortable financially and i'm you know we need to get used to the fact that eight to ten million is par instead of seemingly an unbelievable amount of money to spend on someone um but yeah you know plm looks like an incredibly good buy gilmore is an incredible um addition you know we we are we got so much better in midfield this this window um even if 50% of do you them work out. Oh, 100%. Do you genuinely think? So 100%. if you drop out Ollie Skip and you drop in Blue and Billy Gilmore, do you genuinely think that we've upgraded that department? Uh, I think we've upgraded the midfield. We have, we, we have got, we are missing a CDM. We need someone to play behind those two when we, when we, when we are defensive or with one of those two. And when, it's um, interesting, isn't it? That they've, they've kind of shifted formation a little bit in pre-season to a, Three four three or a four three two. I think it's I think adapting know, around the resources available at the moment. Exactly. I, I think that they know full well that they're, they're not going to have the lad they want. I've got my fingers crossed that the that that it is still going to be Skip. Um, we we heard a little we heard a little flutter, a little rumor um, from from a Tottenham source that um, is extremely well placed, but hasn't actually. You know, this is the first time they've ever given me anything, so it might be nonsense. But it, it, as far as we, we were told not that long ago, that there was still a, a, a possibility from Spurs' end because of how few things of people have gone out in, in midfield. They've still still got basically everyone. Um, that it, it may well be that Skip goes before the end of the, the, the window on loan again. Now, I, I'm kind of hoping that they that they they kind of maybe made a few inquiries with some different players, and they've now gone right. Well, we're now on the 10th of August. Let's sit tight till the 26th, 27th, 28th. Let's just grimace through these first four games, except we're not going to have the ball very much and basically park the bus in the most Farker possible way we can. Still try and play some nice football whilst parking the bus. You know, basically have a nice kickabout in the car park. Um, but just keep our fingers crossed that we get Ollie Skip at the end. And if not, we may be, we, I'm sure, you know, knowing whether they'll have a plan B, plan C that they think they can move for fairly quickly. Um, and I'm hoping that's the, the, the answer because. If taking aside that one position that is so clearly needed, if you look for the like for like who went out and who came in, with the memory of seeing a lot of those players playing a few minutes in the Premier League not that long ago, we got so much better. You know, Gilmore is a player. Um, having seen watched him in the friendlies, in you know saw saw him in real life. Um, you know, playing in the in the Gillingham friendly. I know it's only Gillingham. It doesn't matter who the opposition is. The the, the touch of the boy, the, the the way he wants to progress things. Yes, he's going to make mistakes like he did at Newcastle as a young lad. And uh, I'd rather he get got them out of the way then. Um, and and we we know that Farker and the team are good at training young young boys and giving them um, giving them the confidence to keep playing after those ricks and mistakes because we've seen it from other youngsters. We've seen Godfrey make mistakes and be bought 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 back in and play better from them, same as Aaron's etc. So. I think Gilmore was a phenomenal addition. PLM looks looks the business. Um, then we've got the, the, these wide younger lads that we've brought in as well. You, as, as I said before, if fifty percent of just those four play to anything like what with what they really do look like they could play to, then that is just a massive step up on on Mario as much as we love him on 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 them on on Marco Steeperman. You know, these are. Um, these are really good seasoned players. I mean, the, the, I read a bit more on PLM. Like he's a proper seasoned, you know, captain level senior pro who has been doing it in and around. You know, yes, not the the, the best team in France, but an established, you know, top flight 
French team um, playing a lot of games for the last two or three years. And that's just that's just experience that's going to add to the group. And again, saw him play against Gillingham. Again, you have to take into account who the, who the opposition is. But just the, he looks like an absolute Rolls-Royce of a player. So I think we got a lot better in midfield. And, and I do like to think that, again, we, we have to give them the caveat that they are going to fix centre-back because we definitely won light there. And we are going to fix CDM because that's blatantly obvious. If they do, I really think that, that we will finish upper bottom half. I, I do think 11, 11th and 12th is, is doable. I think that we've signed goals. I think we've signed assists. If we can, if we can limit, and this where this is where I think the Josh. I don't agree with you, Hannah. I think Josh is going to get minutes, and I think that we have bought him to manage Timu's workload better, so he doesn't burn out like he did last last time. I think that might be after after having hardly any break since then. I think that might be one of the reasons we have spent a bit of money on him because he can do lots and lots of work rate like Timu does, and give Timu more of a break. In the in the first half of the season, so that maybe he isn't fatigued from come the second half of the season, which is maybe what their analytics tells them is why the goals slowed down. Now you might think that, that you know that's not the case, but it certainly seems logical to me, don't you think? I think there's one factor that you've missed, and I think it's it's one that we don't perhaps like to talk about until Aston Villa visit Carrow Road, which I think is December time, and it's Emmy Buendia because we would not, and I remain steadfast in this belief, we would not have won the league. Had Emmy Buendia been sold last August, he was well, he is a freak of a player um, and one that we're incredibly fortunate that that we'd seen at, at Carrow Road for for as long as we had done. You know, he is a player that I think will just will go on to the very top of the game, and we don't see many of those as Norwich fans. You know, kind of don the don the yellow and green, and to replace it, we, I can see what we're doing. We're trying to replace him with. Two, three, four different options, which you know the which concept parts of that. With the money it is got. all you can do, and I admire it. But I, but again, we're into this. You know, as Hannah so eloquently put it earlier in the pod, we're into the unknown. None of us know how that's going to click, and I don't think it's going to click for a while because Farker is one of these coaches who he doesn't like to drop. You know, two or three new lads in. You know, he likes the continuity. He's so the 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 first three or four lineups of this season, all right, they're kind of freebies in so much as we're we're playing, you know, really high caliber opposition. But be really interesting to see how he goes because I think it was first game back in the in the Premier League last time against Liverpool. Pretty much I think everyone who started had had started a championship game. You know, there was no new signings and all right, we haven't made that many new signings. But Well he can't you know, do that this time, can he? Because of the number no, of people. No, no, we left. physically can't do it. You know, phys- absolutely and the midfield is is sure to change. But I just think it will be really interesting to see how long it takes for this team to settle because pre-season is no barometer. Billy Gilmore can look brilliant against Gillingham. Pierre Lesmond can look, you know, wonderful against Gillingham, Newcastle, and whoever else he's played. But until you get tested, you know, in the top flight properly, in a team that you know potentially doesn't have the quality that you know these lads have had around them previously, we've got no idea. We've got absolutely no idea. And I, I trust Farker to get it right, and I trust Farker to make sure that they're coached properly and they understand the system. But Farker's always had to take time to do that. You know, and Mario Vrancic is a case in point where he took probably six, seven months to adjust and to be able to understand his role and, and to be able to influence games properly. And we haven't got that time and we're in the pressure cooker of, of you know, kind of Premier League football. So um, I think 
it's really good that the first four are these free hits and, and there won't be the pressure building if we don't get results. Oh, I don't agree. Um, I don't agree with that because it's because as soon as you lose the first one, it's then nice 11 without a win, 12 without a win. No, I think, uh, no, unless you're, you know, more kind of clickbaity podcasts, I think. Ultimately, I'm, not, well, I'm, not talk- I'm not talking about podcasts. I'm just talking about that. But I think that, this is how fans will, what... I don't, I don't think fans will react in that way. I think okay. unless you are at the, the kind of lower end of, of, you know, kind of making sure that, that you, you know, your engagement is, is top notch and, you know, calling people out or whatever it might be. Actually, Norwich fans are really patient. You know, Norwich fans get that Daniel Farker is going to take a bit of time. And I, I don't think anyone, unless they're really looking to get at the manager or dig him out, which why would you at this stage of the season, they're not going to be making that comparison because it is Arsenal, it is Liverpool, it is Manchester City, it is Leicester, who, you know, let's face it, are a top six club now. There is no pressure. Watford, yeah, absolutely. And and there will be something. So, you know, unless we get a couple of results, a lot will be riding on that game. But yeah. until that point, Farker's pretty much got free reign to to bet in the players that he wants. I think the real cha- yeah the, the real challenge is he's got he's potentially trying new formation with new players in a new league. You know that, that's, that's a hell of a lot of moving part with not many pra- yeah. with not many practice matches. Mm. Um, and and I think the key for the I think you are right with regards to the the you know the more the more sensible fans. Um, they will they will understand that and they that will be caveated and the more sensible in the press will also be will be kind of making that clear and I, I do feel as I said with the with the briefing that they all they already seem to be round like circling the wagons to say look everyone less the season starts in mid September um, but um, there needs to be some bright spikes so even in that Liverpool defeat there were some real bright moments in that Liverpool defeat 4-1 at the start of the previous Premier League campaign you know obviously there was the goal but there was some really nice interchanges of football and we were you know we got a lot of plaudits because we did play some good stuff and if if you know if we've only got one point or two points or zero points after the first four games but there's been 10-15 minute spells where we've lost possession or there's been some good chances created and we've been a bit unlucky with VAR or whatever then I, I don't I don't think we need a lot of that in the first few games to keep everyone totally on on, on side and on point um, what, what, what do you reckon, Hannah? What, what's the what's the leash like before the tide might change, public opinion wise? <laughs> um, I mean, it's hard. To, it's one thing to kind of say, "Oh, you know, we'll be patient and it will be fine if we we just get hammered for five games in a row." But it's another thing to to feel that, isn't it? So, I think that's a hard one to call. But I wonder if it could be almost the opposite of of last time round, where I think we kind of rolled into um, that you know that first game of Liverpool, and like you say, we had essentially the same team um and you do you did feel a bit like I mean yeah you know <laughs> we did lose that game but um I'm not sure we deserve to lose as heavily as we did and there were absolutely plenty of, of, of bright moments you know I think me and my dad went to that game and we came away from it actually feeling really positive because there was a lot to a lot to like about it um and I think the following games actually you know we, we did actually start start pretty well and there was a quite a lot to to kind of believe in um and be optimistic about and then obviously it kind of uh, the momentum started to go a bit and I mean there's the whole project restart thing which I think is, is it's no one saw that coming and there's no way of knowing how you how you would have dealt with that so until it happens so I think you can kind of ignore that in a way but um but I think actually this season could be the other way around and we could have a really slow start because it's been interrupted the momentum from last season has has been interrupted, I think, by the Euros a bit. I think by new signings. Um, 
you're not just going to get the same chemistry and the same team turning up in that first game this weekend. And it will take time. This is why another reason why I'm kind of unsure because, yeah, I, I would agree that I think we have upgraded um, in midfield and I think the general level is probably higher across the squad and maybe it's a bit more even, you know, now Brendia has gone. Um, but until they actually play together and until they have time together, you just have no idea how it's going to pan out. So I think, yeah, absolutely. We've just got to be, be patient as much as we can. Um, and, and just give, you know, give Fark some time, give the team some time, because if it does all work out and if it does all start to gel, then we can gather momentum and towards the end of the season or, you know, towards the second half rather than at the beginning, I think that's what you, what's what you want. Um, so yeah, I would say, I don't know. I, I, I'm prepared to write off the first probably four games, uh, to be honest. Um, and, uh, and then maybe start to judge. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's bring it really in focus Saturday night. Uh, what is the score going to be starting with you, Edie? I think... I'm I'm hoping for two one. Okay. I think it's 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 always like. Did we all assume that was to Liverpool? <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Yeah. It, it's the the last Liverpool Norwich opener was for Norwich like an overture. Like of an opera where you, you just all of a sudden all of these people are who aren't aware of Norwich are suddenly aware of the good bits and there's loads of conversation and I think if if anything's going to sustain everyone it's going to be that and then 2-1 being the optimum goal of if, if that happens then everyone's done really well and displayed enough awesomeness that the praise is going to keep them going while the spanking they get over the next four goal games actually serves as a bonding experience for these relative strangers. That's that's my toilet paper, binocular, hopeful view. Okay. Uh, Pontalicious? Um, oh, goodness. It's, it's difficult to see us not getting absolutely pumped and <laughs> I don't want to be overly negative on a season preview podcast but I just the stars seem to be aligning for a Liverpool side to be apart from Robertson you know they're all going to be fit um you know we're going to have a a defense in the midfield that hasn't played together much and even if they have you know trained a little bit together that they're short of match sharpness and I, I just think Liverpool are going to want to come out of the blocks really, really quickly this year and are going to be confident that that they can go and, and wrestle back their title. And yeah, I, I think they might be looking to make a fair statement on opening day and, and you know, we'll be victims of that. But at the same time, it's very along come Norwegian territory, isn't it? That, you know, that we could go and do something. But now I think, you know, realistically, 4-0. Yeah, I mean, to, to talk about the, the difference in preparation... Um, my my best friend is is a is a red and uh, happily you know told me that Marley and Salah have been there since day one in pre season, which is the first time you know one of them hasn't been off. Um, you know Brazilians have been up there for uh, been joined up for a couple of weeks. Henderson was the only player not to go away on their pre season trip. Um, you know it, obviously the, the Andy Robertson news is a is a blow to them, um, but you know that they, they they are going into a season with with the fewest kind of. Uh, 
you're not likely to catch us out on day one kind of storylines as you would you'd be looking for as an Norwich fan. Uh, I, I do think it's it. Um, my my heart tells me both teams to score five one, um, but my head tells me it could it could be five or six and be really really painful just purely because once the first if it get if if it if it's two two at half time and then the third is early in the second half. Uh, I just worry for how much how how much the the atmosphere might be disappointing and flat after that. And you know, I would love I'd love to be wrong. And remember remember the Manchester City game. We all we we had half a team. Everyone was injured, uh, and we all predicted you know sixes and sevens. And look what happened there. You know, I, I would absolutely adore to be wrong, but everything to me every every stat every narrative every excuse reason logic points to our first chance of points maybe being Leicester you know I, I just can't see I can't see anything for, for, from this week but you never know because it is football and I'll be there and I cannot wait um so uh, I'll go for 2-2 two, two. <laughs> <laughs> because why not uh, because why not, Hannah? What you uh, uh, what you say in school, I was. I uh, well, I think Liverpool will win. Shocker, um, but I don't know if it's going to be. Oh, I don't know. It's hard to say anything because you just feel like you're you're jinxing it. But I I don't know if it will be that that much of a thrashing <laughs> or, or that one sided. I don't know. I I think Liverpool are. A, uh, they yeah they've had a good preseason but they didn't have a good season last season they've got players coming back who've been out for a long time with big injuries um, and I don't know if you know a few weeks of having a lovely time off at a training camp in Austria or wherever they were I don't know if that undoes all of that or fixes everything as easily as that so I but I do agree with you that they are kind of you know they'll be psychologically very uh, sort of wounded by what happened last season so they'll definitely be up for it and uh, want to get the season off on the right foot so uh, I think they'll win but I don't know if it'll be as comprehensive as as all that I think you know what I'd love I'd love like a helter-skelter like four three something like that well there's history you know, there's history of those games okay um so so we don't know then really do we uh which is which is fine um i mean that's so often when we do these previews what is this season five now and uh we, ne- we never know anything um but you can guarantee that if any of those scores are right then we will be crowing about it loudly um okay so let's let, let's do what everyone else is doing um and look at a, a three that are likely to go down now hannah i know you're going to say i don't know so i'm going to come to you last um ed um, give me three teams that are going to get uh, relegated from the Premier League this season. I've got a really bad feeling about Crystal Palace. Okay. Um, and I cannot supply any particular facts. It's like the blinking. It's like all I can think of when I think of Crystal Palace now is things that are wet and damp. <laughs> they just feel like a very soggy team. <laughs> and it's just given me really bad vibes. I mean, I love them. I think they're really, really, you know, they're what teams should be. They're the kind of closest London team to Norwich City in terms of culture and and loveliness. But I, I just, I don't know. That's that's the one I'm looking at, and I'm, my heart sinks a little bit. Um, I think Watford, but that isn't much of a biggie. 
And then I've just got this weird feeling that Southampton might be in trouble this this season. Well, they've just signed all the goals in Armstrong, haven't they? The thing is, it's just... I've been sort of watching them for various reasons, which I won't go into. And there's this... I don't know whether or not they'll sort of stop struggling and pushing against things. Nothing's easy with them. And it might be that that stops this season, but I just sort of am expecting it not to stop. Well, that was, I mean, that's a great shout. And it would, I mean, because they, they had that, they had a brilliant run and then an awful run, didn't they? And it was, if it wasn't for the brilliant run, they would have, they would have definitely gone down. Um, so yeah, they, they had a really topsy-turvy season. Um, so yeah, I, I see what you mean. That there's been a there's been a bit of ch- change over there. Ward Prowse might go. There's there's still been lots of talk over that. Um, so so that would be interesting. Um, what about you, Puntalicious? Yeah, Southampton's a really good shout actually because they've just lost Danny Ing, so they've lost a lot yeah, one, of goals. One in, one out. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Armstrong's completely unproven at this level. But I think if you if you had to push me. For three, oh god, I'm probably going to say four. So I think Brentford will be in a lot of trouble. I don't think you. I think you need to look up the rules. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm just going to give you four, and then you can deal with it, mate. So um, Brentford, I think, are going to be in an awful lot of trouble, but I think they will probably get off to a good start. They're the fashionable um, pick to be, stay up, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they will be media darlings to for a few months, and then they will just start to sink. Um, Palace, I'm, I'm completely. I'm not not necessarily around the sogginess of their team. However, <laughs> I would say that Patrick Vieira is probably like he's just a really weird left field pick, and I just don't, I can't see him doing that well. And I, I wonder whether he'll be gone by Christmas. But on the flip side of that, they have signed a few good players, so let's hope that they don't jettison him, jettison him early. Um, and then I think it will be Norwich or Watford that will will occupy the other berth. I, I do think we're going to flirt with it this season. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm completely wrong. But um, yeah, so there you go. That's your four. Okay. Um, Hannah? I am going to go... I'm just going to take Norwich out of it uh, because why not? And I think... So I think the three... I, think, I agree Brentford. I think they... Yeah, I just can't see them competing really which is a shame because I, I really like them um and I think it'd be great if they stayed up but I'm not sure they've really added much um and you know they were good last season but were they Premier League survival good no so yeah I'd pick Brentford and then probably oh, I don't know it's tricky I think Southampton are a good shout um uh but let's say let's go with Burnley I feel like they they just can't keep getting away with it you know, they. That's that exactly what I was going to say, Hannah. I've literally got the do. Burnley squad in front of me. Yeah, they're such Same good thing. hiders. Yeah. Same thing. They, yeah. they never sell. They never sign anyone. I think they've signed like a, a centre back or something from Luton. Which you know, sorry, I don't want to denigrate Luton. They're great, but um, that's like the only business they've done. I think he's like twenty years old as well. You know, he's hardly a kind of Premier League frontline player. So I just don't understand how they how they keep doing it. So. Surely their luck's going to run out at some point. Why not this season? And yeah. then, uh, oh, I would love Leeds. That's a really left field pick. But oh yeah, I, I would like love that, it though. if they did a Sheffield United had a difficult second season uh, and went down again. Yeah, I, I can see. They would deserve it. I can see Leeds. I can. I can <laughs> see that happening with Leeds. But um, yeah, Burnley. I, I was. I agree with uh, Watford. Um, 
which obviously been mentioned. Southampton, I hadn't thought of, but then you, you know you did make a really good, really good point for that. Uh, I I feel a little bit uh, like you've described Burnley with with Brighton. Um, I, I feel like Brighton. They, they, very rarely when I've seen them, do they ever seem to put together a, a sort of solid ninety minutes? That they, they, they always seem to be nicking wins and and and. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm not completely convinced by by their recruitment. Um, but but again, on the recruitment point, they've got an average age of 30 now. Burnley, on your point of they don't seem to be making much of a rotation of their squad as as they've gone through the last two three years. And I mean, a lot of it is based on similar to I was desperate for Stoke to come out of the Premier League for every season until they finally did. I I, I just I don't have any love for them as a team. Um, and I I don't like watching them. I don't like. I don't like the way they've managed to stay up. I don't know how. I don't like how they've gone about it. Sean Dyche is annoying. Um, so uh, yeah, I I would I I think it's time to um, you know let a team like Forest or I mean that's not going to happen. If you saw the first game of the season, bloody hell! So glad Chris Sutton isn't isn't our manager anymore. Um, but you know, like like what I would term as a proper football team, you know, come up and, and take take Burnley's place. Um, Just talking about Sean Dyche, has everyone heard? The I think this, the lad must have been about eighteen years old because there's a, there's a video footage of it and he he somehow gets hold of Grant Holt's phone number yes. and calls him and pretends to be Sean Dyche and that the impression is just spot on He's like perfect yeah. and Holtie buys it completely and they're talking like oh yeah I'm going to bring you in and all the rest of it that's phenomenal so if you haven't listened to that please do listen to that because it's great. Yeah, uh, that was that was that was good. It, it, it's just a voice I don't need in in my life on a Saturday evening. Um, okay, <laughs> so we, we, we've gone around and we've done. I mean, I, I, similar to you, Hannah, I've taken Norwich out of it. They're, you know, I can see the reason why we can finish twentieth, but I, I I'm choosing to to see only positives and believe that we're going to bring in two more fantastic defensive and central central defensive field positions, and you know we're, we're going to be safe. Um, okay, so uh, finally, is there any um, is there any kind of team that you'll be following the results of? this season um anywhere in the leagues that you haven't done before punt not that i haven't done before i'll probably i'll probably follow cambridge a bit more than i previously have because they are now the second biggest club in east anglia probably so um yeah i will i will follow their adventures in a new league but now apart from that i'm only ever fixated on the league that norwich are in like so i'll pay zero attention to the championship this season and and it will be premier league and then next season it'll be whatever league we're we're in then. So um no, sorry, that's a bit of a shit answer. Okay. Um what about you, Hannah? Yeah, well I I'm very interested to see what happens at Crystal Palace with Patrick Vieira. Um because I do think they've brought in some really, really good players. Um, which I know they sort of had to do because they were losing a lot and they had to kind of um bring in some some younger younger players because the squad was getting old. But um I just, again, I am just keep saying this, but I've just got no clue. I've no idea how that's going to pan out. Um, and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. So probably then, and maybe I've, I moved I moved to um, Greenwich. So Charlton are now theoretically my local team. So maybe I'll keep more of an eye out for them. Nice. Uh, what about you, Edie? This, this is, it's, it's not a team that I haven't been keeping an eye on because it's impossible not to, but I just feel like Arsenal might do something surprising this season and I'm going to be keeping an eye out for if that happens. It, it might be a complete and utter embarrassment or it might be a cheering, heartwarming recovery of, of former glory. 
Okay, I like their third kit. Um, um, so you know, I'd be pleased to see that on on, on lots of occasions. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Russ has moved to Swansea, um, and so I can unfollow MK Dons and start following Swansea instead. Um, and uh, same as you, Puntalicious, um, you know, following Cambridge for for obvious reasons. Um, but I, I actually found myself surprisingly glued to the championship. At the weekend, uh, I, I I really enjoyed watching Coventry's comeback, um, or rather Coventry, and it was a comeback. They were one 0 down when I started watching it, and that, that was brilliant. There's such a fantastic narrative, um, and yeah, I, I I feel I feel like I've been cleansed of 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 the COVID element of football. You know, it, it feels like this season feels more like a new season to me than the last few. Because obviously, you know, we went into the Premier League and it was it was all fanfare off the back of a you know a great title campaign. But you know, it, you know, it wasn't that long ago since we were there, and we have done it lots of times before and things like this. Um, whereas I know we've only had a year or a year and a half on our sofas and our laptops, not being able to watch the game. But I mean, it, it feels like a lifetime um, to to have been away from from the from the for football. So I I basically just want to see as much football as I can, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to put the put the, the question in there because I, I think I am going to be following a few few former players you know stuff like Rob you know um yeah just people who have moved on from different clubs that used to be linked with Norwich um people who have moved Stoke, on Mario at Stoke yeah 100% 100% I was looking at the Stoke City uh hashtag um on uh Saturday evening to see what they thought of it and uh, you know all, all the positive comments he got uh, and I think I wasn't doing that in in the last two or three seasons I genuinely feel like I have fallen back in love with football as a sport um now give me give me two come to me two seconds after the first VAR decision goes wrong <laughs> and it, it might have all gone again um and I, I really do feel so positive I think we will take some questions Jonathan I've had lots of listener questions this week and I will I'm gonna have to because I'm conscious we've been recording for 55 minutes already so I will try and cherry pick some of the best um let's start with Berlin Canaries on Instagram and he's asked out of all the Norwich kits over the years so he's not really asking for the favorite one here he's he's asking which one would you choose to be buried in Jesus Christ I will start with you oh boy um well i only have about three or four kits i'm not a big kit buyer i don't oh, really i think wear. you'd probably be allowed to get one sent to you well yeah, no i'm gonna, I'm like gonna probably sort that from down the is... ages we'll sort it out for you that okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna apply my own limits since i want to wear my own my okay. own kit that's not contractual otherwise... by the way you can't hold us to that like i'm not, I'm, I'm not having a knock <laughs> on the door in 35 years so. <laughs> um so I would probably have to go for, I don't really want to be buried wearing yellow. It's just not very me. Um, so I'd go, why not, with the funky black uh, third kit from last year, which I did buy. Great show. Um, Brilliant just kit. Because, Brilliant you know, black, kit. it's kind of, it's suitably sort of sober, but it's, it's a bit fun, you know, and that's, that's, yeah, I feel like that suits the occasion. Fair enough. Edie, what you having? Okay, so the sensible in me says that um, it would be a lovely cotton admiral shirt because I want it to biodegrade as I biodegrade. (laughs) But there's another part of me that just dress me as the dumpling, right? Just squeeze me in that coffin. I want want it to be really hard to get the lid on. 
because it's it's a giant spherical soccer bollock. I, I just I want I want it to be real trouble for anyone to handle. <laughs> I just had an image of, of, of picking wanting to be Captain Canary, <laughs> trying to get trying to get the lid down over those massive feet. <laughs> or, or the mobile phone, my second favourite oh, yeah. mascot. <laughs> yes. Sorry, the portable phone. I wonder how many West Brom fans would choose the boiler guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dear. Um, so, nice. Okay, so you're going for one of the mascot outfits then. Tom, Tom, what would you like? Uh, well, I'm going to live forever, so uh, it's not going to happen. But it's, I would, I would have, my first thought was the, the black kit with the, with the, the bright flashes. It's my favourite kit for ages. Um, and, yeah, you know, funerals and that black. Um, but I, I always try and wear a, a bright tie when the mood is, has been requested to be like that for, for funerals. So I, I would, I Hang on, do you mean this also. season's away kit? You like it that much? No, no, no. The, the last season's black and um, oh, okay, yeah. The, the one that Hannah said, black, black with the, yeah, yeah. the 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 one that, that they copied our Pookie Party uh, t-shirt coloured color scheme. The one that they ripped off us. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. We're taking credit for that now, are we? Right. Too, too, too right. Well, I, I got the I got the uh, commission. Did you not? <laughs> Clearly not, mate. No. Uh, right. Let's have another question. Next up, uh, Ollie Crookshank on Twitter has asked, and I think this is a bit of a stretch, but it's a good question nonetheless. So I think he's he's worked on the assumption that Sargent is going to play out wide, maybe on the wing. And he said, we're bringing in an American to put pressure on our Cuban. Can the pod remember their own favourite examples of when City's transfer policy mirrored geopolitical tensions? Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh, my God. Tom, I'll come to you first. Uh, no, I can't. Next. Uh, oh. <laughs> Go on, run it past me again. Something about geopolitical tensions. So essentially what he's saying is we've brought in an American to, yeah. in Sargent to put pressure on our Cuban Onel. Um, can we right. remember our transfer policy ever mirroring any other kind of geopolitical have we issues? ever had a, Have we ever had a disagreement with any Danes about fishing waters like around the time oh, Thomas Helveg came? I mean, there was probably... I don't know. Hang on. So what are... There's probably a close call. I don't know if they're in the building together at all. Kosovo and Bosnia, or were they were they friendly? I can't remember. Austria, oh, like, they were very friendly. Uh, they uh, were because um, you had yeah. Rashica and Vrancic, didn't you? Oh, I don't. Think they, they, I don't think they ever would have actually crossed paths. No. Well, that's about as close as I can get. Maybe that's why we had to sell Mario. <sighs> there you go. This is it. Conspiracy. That is a weird question. Yeah, but I, I liked it. When he thought of it, like he must have felt very proud of himself and with very good reason. Oh, no, so no, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's Ollie, less a question, more yeah. an observation, yeah, and no, it's a 10 out of 10. Knowing Ollie, he definitely would have been really proud of that. He would have been had yeah. a big grin on his face typing yeah. that out to us. Let's, right. Here you go. That's for you, Ollie. There you wow. go. <laughs> Thanks, Ollie. Right. And let's end with Nick Hayhoe our good friend and new Along Come Norwich website editor, and he's asking, what is everyone's opinion on the new kits? And he'd, in particular, he'd like my opinion, which I will save till last. So, um, Edie, let's start with you on the new kits. Okay, so second kit. And I'm, I'm basing all my observations on walking around Norwich Market and seeing it on the bodies of normal people. The uh, I call it the midnight teal. Uh, is universally flattering to every body type. And so far, every gentleman I've seen wearing it, regardless of physique, has pretty much rocked that shirt. However, the coral 
I love, don't get me wrong, I love the coral, but I don't know if you've seen, it has a massive dark strip down the front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they photographed it on a small child, and it gave the small child a pot belly. So I would I would <laughs> warn all of you, just steer clear of that one unless you have some sort of concave business going on there. But have you noticed how they launched that just before they announced Sargent? And it's it's like if Sargent knew that that would be the third kit, Oh yeah. Would he have signed? I don't think so. I think it was very clever timing, very strategic. <laughs> oh, Tom, what's your views? Uh, I know your views, but tell the tell the listeners your well, views. No, you go on, you tell me my views. Go on. Well, you like the home kit, although you think it's a little bit uh, too West Brom away. Yeah, it's it's a bit West Brom away on 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 the, on the sleeves. Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty boring. Um I really like the coral one. Uh I am too fat to wear it though. And uh, I am my nickname is Piggy, so it would be a bit. Well, I do wear I do wear a bit of pink. Um, I, I think and you look it, good in pink, just I, for the record. I, thank you. Yeah, that, you do well. I, I, I try and wear that, but they are, I also wear a lot of navy. So, so yeah, midnight teal, which I love, by the way. Hashtag midnight teal. Um, yeah, I, for me, I think that's 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 got to be the one. It's Hannah. a high performer. Yeah, yeah, it is, Hannah. Um, I. I'm not massively fussed by any of them, but as I've just said, I'm not I'm not a big kit buyer, so for me, I'm I'm not interested <laughs> in any of them. But um, but if I had to, if I had to, I would also go for the midnight teal. I mean, I just think that's just very much in my wheelhouse. Dark colours, very chic, big fan. Um, yeah, the home is fine. Uh, I think it's it, yeah, it does the job. <laughs> I don't know. I can't be very enthusiastic about it. Um, but you know, Timu looks great in it. So, what what else is there really? Fair enough. Um, Nick, you know my views, but you've asked this to be deliberately. Um, I hate the home kit. I genuinely hate it. And Tom, my opinion has not changed. I think this is the worst home shirt we've ever had. But That's universally, genuinely, genuinely, I seem to be the only person who really dislikes it. I seem to be the only person who really dislikes it. So that's fine. Um, what, what are your workings out? There's I'm, no workings out. It's just I the feel feeling. like there's not, there's not enough just, about it to even hate. Like it's I know. Very I hate it. I just it's hate so the arms. Did it dull. kill your father? It's I so hate dull. the arms. <laughs> it hasn't killed my father yet, but it might. Um <laughs> Yeah, the JD Sports circle is not ideal. Yeah, and the oh, arms. I just don't get the arms. I just don't like what's... Oh, see, it's the not... arms are the only bit of personality. See, the arms are the only bit of personality, but the point is if you really, really hate the, the personality of the arms, it's still such a tiny amount of, of, of the overall shirt. That That's the no. thing that I... When you first... When we saw it and you first said, I absolutely hate it, I, I thought you were like... Like joking because no, no. It, name like, me a worse home shirt name me a worse home uh, shirt I, I think it i think the coleman's one is worse uh, Mate, i'm not uh, having that but the, Nor- the one i gave you at the time was the norwich and peterborough big blocky andy johnson shirt it was awful. yeah that's beautiful no, i own that that's be- that is a beautiful shirt so is that the, the prisoner transport one yeah yeah that's lovely it is it is okay, yeah. It is admittedly wonderful to behold, but do you not just think about prisoner transport? <laughs> I will now. Thank you. Um I, I but to get back to point, I really love the away kit and um I'm really nonplussed with the with the third kit. But no, the home shirt is an is an absolute disaster for me. But everyone else likes it, so my opinion means absolutely nothing. It's got a very boring collar. Yeah, that too. Yeah. 
I, do, I, I am a fan of a proper collar on a football shirt. She's very square, you know, the big sort of yellow square front on rectangle. I just don't really get that. I could have done yeah. something more interesting with the sleeve. I like the sleeves. That's the one bit I like. They'd like integrate that in a more interesting way. I don't know. I think as soon oh, as well. Tom said that the sleeves are West Brom away, I couldn't unsee the fact that the sleeves are West Brom yeah, away. Yeah, I shouldn't have said you that. Since you shouldn't have said, I still hate you it. it. Yeah. I still hate it. You, my, my you, you don't influence my opinion that much. It's time for the first Along Come Norwich quiz of this Premier League season. You've got one minute to answer six questions. You can pass as many times as you want. Edie, I'm coming to you first. Punt is on the timings and your time, Edie, starts now. Who scored the only goal the last time Norwich played Liverpool? Uh, that would be pooky, unless you count Grant Hanley and his own goal. I don't know. Up to you. Uh, no, both wrong. Uh, who scored for Norwich the last what? time we avoided defeat against them? Oh, that time! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was so fixated on that match. Go go back who's, again with the who's, questions. Who sorry. scored for Norwich the last time we avoided defeat against them? Uh, the last time we avoided defeat... Against Liverpool. Against Liverpool. Oh, that. Oh. Pass. Who did Arsenal sign from Brighton this summer? Oh, I wouldn't have paid any attention Ex- to that. Excellent. Uh, who signed Andros Townsend from Soggy Damp Palace? I don't know that okay. one. Uh, against who did Watford open their Premier League campaign against this weekend? Time. No, I didn't pay any attention to that either. Oh, they were bastard questions. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we've we've all got Liverpool, Norwich Liverpool stuff. You've all got a couple of Norwich and Liverpool, a couple of transfers, and a couple of what's happening this weekend, um, to see who was paying attention. So just to run through, right. does anyone know who scored the only goal last time Liverpool played Norwich, which was at home, not the away game? Was that? Oh, yes, it was. Salah. No. Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane. <laughs> when you heard I this. knew it was one of those yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, uh, we played. We played really well. Half, it was nil nil at half time. Really, really tight game. Um, and and yeah, they, they ended up. They, it was a bit of a deflection in the little bit lead up to the to the goal. I thought we deserved a draw that day. Um, it was uh, someone who took a private jet up at the last minute to score. Oh, for that's Russ. It was. Um, yeah, Ben White has signed for Arsenal for fifty thousand million. Um, Andros Townsend has left Soggy Palace and gone to. Everton, Everton. that's such a random transfer, that. Um, I swear he's like 47. He seems to have been around forever. Um, Watford are um, playing Villa. That's where Emmy starts. And uh, there was even a question that I didn't get round to, but I'm going to leave it because it's a really good one. So I'll save it for for the next time out. Um, So, Hannah, you've got um, none to beat. uh, And your time, (laughs) Hannah, starts now. Name one of the scorers... When we scored four past Liverpool at Carrow Road in 2016. Oh, I watched this in the pub. Um, pass. Uh, who scored the last minute winner for Liverpool that day? Oh, um, Suarez? No. Where did Villa oh. sign? It usually is, but no. Uh, where did Villa <laughs> sign Ashley Young from? Uh, oh. The most recent time. Oh, he was in. He was in Italy, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Inter Milan. Yes. Which former Norwich yes. player did Burnley release this summer? 
former Norwich player, Robbie Brady. Yes, who I nearly said earlier. <sighs> uh, where are Southampton playing this weekend? Oh, God, pass. Uh, in what year was Milot Rashica born? <laughs> oh, horrifying year, probably. 1998? Close, but no. Uh, name one of the Norwich scorers when we scored four past Liverpool at Carrow Road in 2016. Oh, Basson? Yes. Oh, yes. you just well got well it. Well done. Just in time. He scored the, oh my God. He scored he scored what the fourth, been equaliser. Yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah. Well, no, it was the equaliser. My the memory does function. Yeah, well done. Um, so the, the last-minute winner now plays for Brighton. Lalana. Lalana. Um, and then, yeah, you've got uh, Inter Milan, you've got Robbie Brady, Southampton start at Rafa's Everton, uh, and Milot Rashid, so was born horrifyingly in 1996. Oh. Uh which means he was only 10 in 2006, which somehow is more horrifying than being born in 1996 because <laughs> 2006 was five minutes ago. Um, anyway, there you go. Right, punt. Your time starts now. Who was the Norwich sub-goalie for the 4-1 defeat last time we visited Anfield? Ooh, Ralph Fearman. Correct. What month was it last time Norwich beat Liverpool? Oh, fuck off. When, um... when Goss scored. <laughs> Oh, hang on. When Gosko... Oh, yeah. no. Big December. Clue. Big clue. No. Where did Chelsea sign Marcus Bettinelli from? Um, pass. Uh, where is Ryan Bertrand playing this season? Leicester. Yeah. Uh, who are Newcastle's first league game of the season? <sighs> Fucking hell. Um, Tottenham. Uh, no. Who did Angus Gunn play for between Saints and Norwich? Um, Stoke. Correct. Uh, what month was it when last time Norwich beat Liverpool? Gosford. Oh, was that last game of the cop? It um, was. May. No. April. Uh, pass, pass, uh, pass, April. Yes. <laughs> Where did Chelsea sign Marcus <laughs> Bettinelli from? Pass. No idea. Uh, uh, who in Newcastle playing first league game of the season? Brighton. No. Uh, what uh, month? Well, no, you got that one. Uh, where did Stop. Chelsea sign Marcus Bettinelli from? Oh, very Oof. good. Well done. So you, you did really well there. Good use of pass, 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 guess, which is... Uh, I feel it's I'm a, a seasoned pro at pass, 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 guess. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that was an available manoeuvre. Yeah, Sorry, well, mate, it... if you listen more, you'll see it's a tactic that I employ quite <laughs> yeah. regularly. Whenever it's something that's a, a relatively small window of choices you've got, <laughs> this is worth doing. <laughs> um, so you got Ralph, you got April. Um, uh, Chelsea signed Marcus Bettinelli from Fulham. Um, uh, Brian Bertrand was a prime example of did not realise that he'd gone there. Um, but, but I thought I'd have a look to see what former Norwich players have gone where. Um, Newcastle playing West Ham uh, and you got the Angus Gunn one as well so uh, you got one and two and three and four so you won handsomely at the start of the season Um, and that brings us to the end of the the preview pod we've done it we've done number 80 we're in strapped in for another season Uh, we hope that you will be listening as we follow the fortunes of our beloveds Uh, we've made some predictions they're not quite as crazy, I feel, as some of the predictions we made a couple of seasons ago. Last season, we pretty much all said we were going to go up uh, and we were right. Um, so, you know, hopefully I'll be right again two seasons in a row and we'll finish between 10 and 12. Anyway, all we can hope for is that we don't end up being soggy and damp because we don't want to be like Palace, do we? Right, mind how you go. Enjoy it on Saturday. It's back.